0: Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com as well as the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. We're continuing with the class of 1999 with a sports movie by the controver- always controversial Oliver Stone. And I I will admit this is probably going to be a controversial one, Uh For me, right now, as we uh, discuss uh, the football drama Any Given Sunday, helping me to talk about the movie and break down the movie is a friend of mine who you heard him earlier when we talked about American Pie. Uh, We've also talked about other films over the years, and he is back to join me to talk about Oliver Stone's film. It is Marv Dickey. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, You're
1: welcome. And being that I am now in the podcast and I'm your third string uh, (laughs) co-host, I'm going to have to ask you to call me Steeman Marv Beeman (laughs) going ahead, just for this podcast.
0: Steeman Mark Beeman. Marv Beeman. Okay.
1: Marv. My name is Marv. Okay. You called me me Mark.
0: Marv Beeman. Okay. (laughs) Steeman Marv Beeman.
1: Yeah. Okay. That that joke didn't land very
0: well, did it? Yeah, but you know what? I mean, we are. I I understood at least the the, the uh, punch punch up to it. I just missed for some reason. I said your name wrong for some reason because we are That's talking okay. about movie, a sports movie where the third string quarterback uh, goes into the uh, game. And that third-string quarterback in this case is played by Jamie Fox. This was one of, I think this was one of his first big starring roles, and this was before Ray, before Collateral, before he really became a uh, a a star, for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah, I'd say before he reached the A list because he was in like movies such as like Booty Call. Yeah, before this.
0: Well and he was on in Living Color before this too. Oh, absolutely. So I'm, um yeah. I and, love <laughs> and and Jamie Foxx's character gets into the movie pretty quickly. Um in the opening in the opening uh football game that Stone starts in on, I know this is based on a book by a former former NFL player. Um it's kind of an interesting choice for Oliver Stone to decide to he that he's going to go with a football drama. Um, I'm I'm not completely sure if I feel like that was a good choice for him. Uh, I, I, when did you I first have a th- it? I have a theory here? Okay.
1: He's always wanted to live out his dream as a as a football commentator. So this was <laughs> the only way he was going to be able to live this out as an appearance. It, 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 as a, a cameo of sorts,
0: yeah. This, as the, this this is true. He does play a football commentator in this movie. <laughs> um, that's all it was. That's a, that's I, the only
1: thing that made him do this
0: movie. Yeah, I I'll be honest. I'm kind of baffled by this choice from him because I mean he was coming off of a, so he was coming off of a decade that start off with the Doors, JFK, Heaven and Earth. Born Not on the 4th of July, killers. Right? huh?
1: Born on the 4th of July?
0: Well, Born on the 4th of July was 89. But yeah, it was oh. right before The Doors. Um, the Doors, JFK, Heaven and Earth, Nixon, and U-Turn, which I actually really like. I, I really like like as a gritty little noir thriller from him. I've always been a fan of that one. Um, And then he culminated the decade with this... And I'm I'm not gonna, and yeah I'm I'm kind of a bit baffled by the choice.
1: <laughs> it's well, you know, maybe he just he sat down, he read the book, and he was just you know a fan of it, and thought he would do well to you know transfer it to the big screen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, from what I've heard, from my understanding, I mean, a a book, the book is. Let me see. Oh, it doesn't give cred on IMDb as to who the book is from. But um, the book was... Um, it was written by a former player. And it, it basically... And you can kind of tell that throughout the movie. This isn't... And this is, this is a movie... It's kind of funny because of the fact that... It's a movie that deals with a lot of uh, sports cliches. But at the same time, it it plays it considerably more seriously than yeah. I think pretty much any other football movie has.
1: But to be honest, I've, I've been in those environments, the sports environments and mm-hmm. those cliches are dead on the sports is a big cliche of itself. Oh yeah. Every post game interview <laughs> from every coach is, you know, depending on winning or losing, there's it's the same thing it's mm-hmm. just worded it's just worded differently
0: oh no you're absolutely right about that i mean you you can it's a lot easier now to see it with the internet like every every team basically you know archives their you know after game press conferences and through the week and stuff like that so i mean you can you can basically see them and yeah you're absolutely right like sports are like just filled with cliches, I, I will admit it's like part of the reason why I'm kind of in, enjoying the idea of talking about this movie is because of the fact that um, I, I, am, I, I am unapologetically a fan of the underdog sports drama or the underdog sports movie. Uh, I, I have a particular weakness when it comes to the underdog sports movie and uh, they're they're you know, and it doesn't matter the sport, preferably football because that's my first love. But at the same time, um, you know, you look at something like even even ones that sort of go outside the grain, like Moneyball and Draft Day. Um, it's it's one of those things where I I still get that excitement whenever I see something in that genre that I I appreciate and I enjoy. And Oh this is, same, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, this is it
1: gives you that it gives you that heartwarming that it just makes you feel good. Except for Rudy, because I didn't care for that.
0: Oh I love Rudy. I, I, <laughs> I love Rudy. Um, <laughs> but I grew
1: up a U of M fan. Yeah. I was I was trained to hate Notre Dame.
0: Oh okay. Well So there's that. Yeah. Um but you know the the fact the better it is, it's like i I love a good sports movie underdog sports movie, and it's because of the fact that i to a certain extent, I kind of feel like an underdog in my life and it it's that part of it where it's like you can achieve something beyond what you're expected to achieve I think is ultimately the the kick that I get out of these movies, and I think a lot of people get out of these movies and even even if a movie is not necessarily great i think it, if it can land that punch it's 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 a successful one i'm not quite sure if any given sunday lands that punch though
1: <laughs> to me it did uh, so here's here's my experience with any given sunday
0: mm-hmm.
1: i rented it in like 2000 i believe it came out in theaters late 99 yes um like a week before Christmas or something like
0: yeah, that. Yeah.
1: Um, and I rented it as soon as it hit like it was Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Like there was there was the wall of any given Sunday, like VHS tapes. Right. So I, I grabbed one. I was like, oh yeah, this is that Oliver Stone movie. And I dug Oliver Stone. I haven't seen most of his movies, but what I have seen I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I was like I was like, ooh, football. Oliver Stone. Let's give this a shot, and I absolutely loved it. I took it. I, I drove it over to my friend's house. We watched it together. I I was like three days late because I was busy sharing it with other friends. Yeah. I, that the first time I rented it, I watched it probably six times, mm-hmm. and and I loved it each and every time. And I bought the DVD. I would say in 2005, and I watched that probably two or three times over the next year. So like my last time I watched. It was probably 2006. Okay. Until today. Until today, I watched it this morning. Okay. And boy, does the uh, the rose tint of my <laughs> memories. Re- I don't know if it's the rose, the, the you know, thinking back. Yeah. Uh, maybe it could have been just the way football, because I'm I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry to all your fans out there that may not like them. But um, I'm a huge Green Bay Packers fan, and I and I every week, you know, for since 2006, when I last saw the movie, when it was kind of relevant to me, and I still enjoyed it. it I've been following it and following it, and following it. And I think it's just the evolution of real football compared yeah. to the fictional, fictional on-screen football that's locked in that 1998 1999 mentality. You know, it's I, it's just I don't know if it's if it's that or if I was a younger person and I didn't understand it very well. But this movie isn't as good as I remember it being mm-hmm. and I and and recently probably the last couple of years I had gotten in discussions about the best sports films ever and i would I would go to any given Sunday as number one and I'm sad to say after watching today I'm gonna have to rethink that list I think yeah. uh, basketball is gonna be number one
0: <laughs> and and I, I I've actually wow we are we are very much on the same wavelength because of the fact that I when, when I was thinking about what we would talk about as far as um, this movie, Basketball was one that came to mind. And the funny thing, and part of that, is, and certainly Oliver Stone did not necessarily intend to beat for that to be the case, but the, the funny thing is, when, it, when you look at some of the things this movie is dealing with as far as story-wise, like the idea of the 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 team possibly being moved to a different city, uh, and you know, you you talk about being a Green Bay Packers fan. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I have very vivid memories of when that happened to the Browns, and uh, the anger that had listed in the uh, in in the city and the fans worldwide for the team. But you you can't help but think of that amazing. Opening sequence in basketball, where it's talking about just the evolution of sports, and one of the funniest things is talking about all of the moves that the sports teams had made.
1: Absolutely, and the, the Minnesota Lakers moved to LA where there are no lakes.
0: The Utah, the, the was New was Orleans, the, Orleans the, Jazz moved to New Utah, Utah where <laughs> they don't allow no, music. Don't allow music. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's that's a movie that completely came to mind when I. I was uh, thinking about this before the podcast, and, yeah, I mean, baseball is... Baseball is I, I think it's undervalued in a few different... It, it's undervalued in a few different um, careers and genres. It's undervalued when you talk about uh, Trey Smith and Matt Stone, or Trey Parker and Matt Stone, sorry, um, and their trajectory because they didn't direct it. Um, no, it was
1: uh, wasn't it a Zucker movie. Yeah, the, it was the David Zucker. Zucker. Um, oh, it was
0: David. Okay. Yeah, uh, he directed, but but wasn't Z A Z? It wasn't. It wasn't the whole team. It was just uh, Zucker, but um, okay. it's it's underrated in that in in that uh, career as for Zucker's career, and it's also just underrated for how good of a sports movie it is in Following the cliches. Um, okay, while we're
1: on, while we're on it, I, I was going to say the best pairing for for any given Sunday is basketball.
0: Yeah.
1: Basketball, like we're talking about the cliches, it's a satirical stance and uh, you know a mocking, yeah, uh, parody of sports and the business of the sports industry and. The, the foundation of any given Sunday is every yeah. almost every possible cliche you can you, that you can imagine for mm. the sport of football. Yeah. So they they make a good pairing.
0: Yeah, and and the thing is, it's like I'm I never saw this movie in theaters. I do remember when it came out, and that was you know during the holiday season in 1999. Um, I I didn't go see it. Uh, I I just I don't know for some reason I probably. Either I don't know why I never got to it. I just, for some reason, never got to it. I think I watched it years ago, but I honestly don't remember. So the the viewing okay. that I did a few weeks ago, I'm basically taking as my first viewing of the movie. Um, fresh eyes. With, with fresh eyes. And one of the first things that kind of frustrated me about the movie um, is the fact that it goes about... 30, 35 minutes into the movie before you really get any sense of the direction of the story. Like the, the first 30 right. minutes of this movie, which in the director's cut, form is about two and a half hours. Um, long is basically a football game with the Miami Sharks and which are yeah. coached by Al Pacino. You see Dennis Quaid, the veteran uh, successful quarterback, go down. You see his backup go down. And then you see Jamie Foxx's third stringer uh, come in. And he has a bit of success, but it's too late for that game. They don't win it. And then it's not until the scene where Al Pacino and Cameron Diaz is the owner um, where we really get any sense of exposition with regards to this team and what any stakes are in this movie, and I think that's that's kind of a it, it's I'm kind of curious as to why Oliver Stone did that because of the fact that it's like usually I mean even even the movie like you know the one that would come out the next year the replacements um you know that that starts on a football game too but you get a sense of what's going on in both the larger league as well as with the team in general, through the commentary by John Madden and Pat Summerall during that game. And you don't really get that here. It's basically, Oliver Stone's basically thrusting you into a football game. And from a narrative standpoint, it kind of starts the movie cold for me.
1: Yeah, I, oh, I'm I'm with you 100%. It's we it's pretty much um, hey, this is football movie. Here's a game of football. Oh, and meet our cast. Here's yeah. our here's our, our lovely cast. Here's Al Pacino. Here's Dennis Quaid. And by the way, I want to see the movie, um, that because we never see the second string quarterback come back from his knee injury. Yeah. I want to see his movie. I want to <laughs> see like a 30 minute short film of what happened to that guy. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, he, it's it's very much. It's a meet-and-greet, so to speak, for the yeah. first half hour of the film.
0: No, that's... It's like, hey, look
1: at all these stars. Yeah. Look at look at everybody we got, and including Oliver Stone, the commentary.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know that this... The, was... it, it, Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, that for some reason, it irritated me to see Oliver Stone doing that. And he, he was playing it, like, way over the top. His arms oh, were the,
0: flailing the, about. Uh, oh, you mean the... the
1: the commentator yeah, role yeah. Of, of, during the, the game. Yeah. He has a great voice for it, but it's mm-hmm. just, I was all like, uh, calm, like, tone it down, cut, <laughs> Oliver, cut. Yeah. Tone it down a bit. <laughs> about half that.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and, and, no, and you're absolutely right about that. Um, and I, you know, it's like this, this movie I know has been, it, it's been acclaimed by people for how, for the football action in the movie. But, like, this particular, like, that particular game, I, like, I got a headache watching the the cinematography during that first game. Now, I mean, I know some of Oh, my of God, it, that's one of my notes. Yeah, yes. I mean, I know some <laughs> of it is kind of deliberate because of the fact that you do see the uh, the defensive star played by Lawrence Taylor's perspective, and it's setting up the fact that he's going to be you know, he's he's really putting his health in danger with concussions, with um, neck injuries uh, later on in the movie. But at the same time, there's so much... Like, you don't really get a sense of geography with regards to the game in this movie. And it's like, say what you will about the replacements, it's like, you kind of get the impression that at least they understand, you know, the the geography of... Shooting sports.
1: Yes, that that was one of my notes. Was the editing is like on, the editor was like on crack. Yeah, and it's it's just it. People complain about the Blair Witch Project makes it nause- nauseous. This movie, this movie is completely nauseating in, in, at times during the, the segments with the football games. Yeah, because you, you go from like you go from like settled in, or then a handicap, and then you go to to then you go to like the shaky effect. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, it, it's all over the place. It's its like a manic uh, way of editing. And and I didn't like it because I was all, I'm not getting nauseated, but this is, I can see how people can get a little dizzy watching this movie.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, that that was that was absolutely one of the most irritating parts of this movie for me. Um, also, I will say they, they don't show commercials in the stadium. Like that was one of the other notes I had at the beginning of this movie where it's like, why are they showing commercials in the stadium? They don't do that. <laughs> oh, right. The metrics. Yeah, metrics, something like that.
1: that was, the-
0: I mean, yes, the you M-Rx. have ads. Yes, you'll have ads around this stadium. You'll have like sponsored by, you know, logos and stuff like that. But that's it. You don't have right. actual commercials playing on the on, on the, the big screen. Big screens. And it's like, Really? <laughs> I, yeah, uh, it's,
1: it, I can't put my finger on it, but it, it's it's odd. It's it's odd way of um, and was maybe it was that way back then, you know. I didn't go to any pro football games in late '90s. Maybe they did just a couple commercials
0: here. Or there. Yeah, I mean, I think the early. I, I, I think the know. I think the most recent uh, football game I will have been to at the time was. 1995 and yeah i don't they they didn't show ads or anything like that maybe it was something that was more prevalent in the late 90s but yeah it was like it the football games i've been to since yeah that does not happen <laughs> okay
1: i'm curious to know if uh now i wonder if that metrics the M E T R X rx cement reg or rx whatever i wonder if that was a real product back then
0: I don't, I don't Know what, kind don't of, know, what product like, was it?
1: It was like a power bar or like a diet drink or protein shake or something. I'm not even positive. I don't
0: know.
1: Willie uh, Beeman does it, he does a commercial for it. Um, yeah, uh, later in the movie, like when they're doing the uh, kind of montage segment of him doing his and Willie Beeman music video,
0: right? And oh. then it's
1: also part part commercial for Metrics.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I and I've got thoughts on that as well. Although actually oh, not, not necessarily <laughs> thoughts in a bad way with that, but just and I was I was messaging you during my watch of it. Um, right. and it's like all I could think of and we'll we'll jump ahead a little bit because of the fact that all that basically there's so much stuff that seems to happen during the bye week in in this in the timeline of this movie. Like all that stuff would happen in the off season. It wouldn't yes. happen during in between games in season, you know. Regardless of the, how the, big this star the, person makes, right? <laughs> Not to mention the
1: whole team showed up for the. Uh, they're giving the mayor a check to the for the Dare program yeah. for a quarter of a million dollars, and and it's like I was like, wait, this isn't a kind of gala that they have in the in the on their bye weeks. Yeah. This isn't a midseason <laughs> This isn't a mid season event. This is like. This is like March 30th. You know? Yeah, that, exactly. that's the type of an event that happens in March and April, even May.
0: Now, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, everything seems a bit off.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the, the note I had was an entire off season happens during the bye week. And that. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yes, it it's like, yeah, look, there's, there's a lot of things that can happen during a bye week, but the fact that the matter is. Not all of this can happen in a week It's just completely absurd. But one of the things I will give Stonecraft for, and I think one of the things he does kind of do somewhat well in this movie, is that he, he, he basically sets up as a theme sort of like old school players versus new school players and sort of yes. a changing of the guard. And you see that in particular with the quarterbacks of Dennis Quaid, played by Dennis Quaid and Jamie Foxx and just sort of how they go about their business. And that's one of the things I will say I do actually kind of like about this movie.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I really think some of these characters are really well developed. Yeah. Their story, their story arcs, their character arcs uh, don't Sometimes mm-hmm. like um just to skip ahead, Cameron Diaz's character, you know how she re- she represents the money machine that is all professional sports here in America, yeah. possibly elsewhere around the world, like like the, the soccer teams, football teams, right, uh, in Europe and whatnot. She represents that money machine, she's that that new uh she's getting the hang of it. She she wants to take over the family business, so to speak, and yeah. to make as much money as possible, whether it means abandoning cities to move to another one. Mm. And then her her she basically gets humbled by the end and yeah. And it, it like does it just doesn't matter anymore. And then all of a sudden she's loving the sport for the sport. I'm like, all right, this is a bit a little ham fisted. Yeah. Like she's <laughs> she would still be kind of that quote unquote business bitch. Mm. Like just she'd be she'd be trying to she'd be getting the lawyer's on the phone, trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with this meeting she that they, the the owners wanna have with her. Right. You know, she wouldn't have just like kind of slumped over in her seat and been all like I want to eat some cheese and crackers with my mommy now and watch the game. Yeah, but that—that's just me. I just don't think that her character arc. But um, I think the characters, all of them, and you could tell it was written from an inside point of view because the each position, like the running back, LL Cool J to yeah. the quarterbacks to the defensive to the doctors, they were all. I really think they were well written. Yeah, for, and the for, doctors. For were,
0: yeah, and the doctors were another thing that I really liked when it comes to like, sort of old-school thinking about sports versus new-school thinking with uh, James Woods and Matthew Modine's characters and the way those characters are basically antagonists based on, you know, James Woods is, he's a realist because of the fact that he's like, these guys just want to play. And Matthew Modine is thinking about their safety and thinking about, well, what is he going to do after he's done playing? And, you know, it's like, if if Taylor, if Lawrence Taylor's character gets another serious injury, there's a possibility he could die.
1: Yeah, right there on the field.
0: Yeah. And so that's that's one of the things that's really interesting about this. And yeah, you're right. Like, there's so many characters in this movie, uh, you know, and the thing is, yeah, two and a half hours is a long sports movie, but it doesn't necessarily feel that way. Stone does keep this thing moving. That's true. Um, I mean, I think the big issue, though, is that, like, some of the, like you said, the Cameron Diaz, the Cameron Diaz's characters are just, isn't really well fleshed out, and you're absolutely right. Like, she she's a bit naive if, she's written a bit naive as a character when it comes to, Oh, what are what do these you know what do these owners you know want to talk to me about and stuff like that by the end, and she's not like thinking how we would normally see it play out in real time. Where it's like, oh, I've I've got to figure out what's going on. She's like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna watch the game and stuff like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Um. Yeah, the the players and and Pacino's coach, who, and Pacino's good in this. He's 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 all right. Um, well, that's
1: what he he's like. He's pretty much written for that late scene. He's oh yeah, you know he he's great. He's great when he's really mellow, but he's really great when he's screaming and yelling.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is a little bit of the best of both worlds, Pacino. Because I mean, you get to see the over the top Pacino, but you also get to see a weathered um weathered more subdued pacino as well like yes another I think
1: some of some of his best acting in this movie is when he's in a bar yeah especially with jim brown and they're just uh, mm-hmm. uh they're reflecting and yeah. reflecting and just like getting a little drunk and tipsy and those that's i think the, some of those are the best more uh humanized scenes in the, in this movie.
0: Oh yeah, I mean even even the scene where he has uh, Jamie Foxx's character over for a meal. Some
1: and, jambalaya. I mean,
0: that that scene is just fantastic.
1: Oh, with with the cut in with the Ben Hur and everything and then he's telling him, you know, you just need another you know, another work, you know, <laughs> work hand to avoid. Well, I'm know, not the a fan of, I, I, and, I,
0: I'm not a fan of the cut-ins with Ben Hur. I I'm not a fan of that. You think it was I, a little heavy handed? Yeah, just a little bit. But it's Oliver Stone, so it's like heavy handedness is kind of you know par for the course with him. But yeah. yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. But just the interplay between Pacino and Fox, and what those, and the fact that those characters are starting to bond, and you kind of see that bond that's going to pay off. Somewhat absurdly in the end. Um, <laughs> yeah. With, with the very, very end. But at the same time, you, you see these two really start to feel each other out as individuals and as people who are ultimately in this together. And that's, yeah. that's, and yeah, you're right. His scenes with Jim Brown are terrific. Even his scenes with Elizabeth Berkeley are oh, really yeah. nice.
1: Yeah, he's he's a very, he's more human.
0: Yeah,
1: and then instead of that that head coach, you know, like that that's in the locker room screaming. And and I love the the beginning in the beginning of the of the movie, and I believe it was halftime. His halftime speech, he uh, it's like he's struggling to find things to yell about. Yeah, he, like looks around for a second, and then he's just like, uh, uh, you, "Defense, you got to make tackles." Uh, uh I got, I don't know what to say, but I gotta be inspiring here, yeah. you know, like he's struggling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course he's got great inspirational. We'll see the speech at the uh, in halftime or it's either halftime or it's at the beginning of the uh, last game that we see, but oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: it was the, it was the halftime because that's when yeah. uh, he played Cap the, for the whole first half and then mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz storms in, kicking the door in and saying you're, you're playing Willie even though he just said he's going to put him in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And and Willie Bale was a mound there. And uh yeah, it's it's yeah, I mean they're there's such a great like there really are some really strong performances and yeah, Pacino it's 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 not even the best performance Pacino gave la- that year. He was fantastic in the insider. Um Michael Mann's the insider, which was also ninety-nine. But it really is a, it's it's an underrated performance, I think. It's a performance that people don't really think about with him. Right.
1: I honestly think I, I, I love him when he's yelling, but he does his best work when he's just solemn. Yeah. And he's just kind of just, he's speaking the words, but his eyes, his eyes usually tell the story that he's conveying with, with his words. And that's why he's one of the greatest actors of all time, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, he, I mean, you, you look at Heat, too, which is another great example of Pacino when he can go, b- when he goes big, and also when he's a bit more subtle, and how he plays both of those in, in the course of a movie. It's, it's really just, it's, it's fun to see him. It's, it's fun to really see him, uh, channel uh, he, it's it's fun to see him in a role that allows him to uh to to really um really do something that gives a lot of depth and gives a lot of different character shadings of a character and this is a good example of that
1: yeah he's he's uh he's awesome but uh, we won't talk about jack and jill
0: well, yeah. I mean, when he officially
1: changes his name to Don Cucino.
0: ugh.
1: What's my name, Caccino.
0: <laughs> no thanks. Uh, um Yeah. Nope. Nobody say he was infallible. Nope. Right. Say and that suspicious. goes back to the
1: old. It goes back to the old football cliche that, like, we're talking about football cliches of the, uh, the, the player that just hangs on a little too
0: long. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Gets, a, gets that paycheck that one last year if he can just hang in there one more year for that paycheck
0: right yeah and, uh, and then there's jack and feel um yeah we you know we we already talked about the visual aspect of this movie and yeah it's it's the games are just so the between the cinematography and the editing it's just chaos and I mean that type of that type of style worked really well in JFK certainly during a lot of the things he did in that movie. Um Natural Born Killers I was less enthusiastic about it about, but it's been about twenty five years since I've seen it. So, you know, we'll see how I feel when I do eventually rewatch that movie. Right. But um yeah, here there it's like you really need to be able to understand the stakes in the game. You really under need to understand sort of strategy of what's going on in the game, and you really don't. And I mean, it's one of the one of the big weaknesses this movie has is that it just from from a storytelling standpoint, as far as the actual games. Like there's, like there's in in the beginning of the movie, like you have this one football scene the they're in the football game and it's like it's clear as day, beautiful, sunny out, and then I guess after halftime it's night all of a sudden. Yeah. Now I'm not um, saying that can't happen, but it's like you don't at least give us a progression. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's it's like the game started at six PM. Yeah. And halftime was like at seven thirty and then at eight o'clock when they came out it was it was pitch black. Right. Yeah, it's it, it, that was, I, I, that was very noticeable for mm-hmm. me too. The, yeah. um, it, it's the way they treated the, they treat football and we do a lot of, a lot of fans do too. They treat it like war yeah. and it is, it is war and it's about territory and, and getting to a, a, a goal. Yeah. Um, it, but when the priest is giving his prayers, I, I, think, I believe it's in the very beginning, right after the game, where they lost four in a row or whatever. You know, he talks about how there's no atheists in foxholes. Yeah. This is my playbook. And, and it's all, I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it's that whole uh, football is war thing. Yeah. And if anybody out there is listening and they're like, man, I, I, that's, that's a good point. Go to look up George Carlin's football versus baseball. <laughs> and it's it, it's it's kind of like any given Sunday. Took that routine and like, we'll, like we'll 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 like just spread it all out. We'll we'll expand on that idea <laughs> of the football being war, and then and then we'll just we'll take ourselves seriously. Yeah, and go.
0: And I think that I, mean, I think that's the biggest problem with this movie is that it does take itself way too seriously. Like I, you know, yes, you can take the game of football seriously, but at the same time. You, you need a certain degree of levity and I don't think that's there in this movie and so Oliver Stone is not necessarily a funny director. He, no. he, like even U-Turn which I really like is a black comedy but it's it's dark. It's it's pitched really dark and like there are scenes in this movie like the Lauren Holly as Dennis Quaid's wife, it Like she's got a scene where it's like she's basically berating Dennis Quaid's character because he wants to hang it up and I I'm like what are you saying you don't care about your husband's health or his well-being well I think that's comedy
1: (laughs) but it also um, I, I think her character shows her true colors in that moment yeah she like she was she was with him because of who he was and his yeah. paycheck the fame and the fortune is what she was in it for yeah she's, she's been the head um, I think they call them wags or the wives and girlfriends mm-hmm. of, of all this she was yeah. like the head the head wag yeah you know she was she was the the, the she was in charge of all the, the, the I'm sure of the plannings for some of the the, the women's events that right. goes along with, with being a, a wife and girlfriend of the the players and, and You know, I'm sure she led the, the, the box where they all sit, you know, she was the lead and she wasn't willing to give that up so easily. Like he was willing, you know, it wasn't easy for him either. I'm sure it's not easy for any, Mm -hmm. um, any athlete to realize this is it. I've reached my peak Yeah, maybe long ago, or maybe this is it, but I'm done.
0: And, and it's a wonderful piece of acting by Quaid too. Like he is really good in this.
1: Yes. Almost too good for it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and i love that
1: his character doesn't swear
0: yeah he,
1: he always said you know like uh the G whiz and, mm. and, and and the dang and the hex yeah i kind of like that it, it reminds me of he's like this um fed white boy from from <laughs> that was raised by his mama to you know watch his mouth and have manners and he's dealing with this, that, that whole scene just like irritates the hell out of me. And she gets like physically violent with him.
0: Yeah. at yeah. the
1: thought of him like wanting to, you got, and she's like, you got two or three years left in you. Yeah. And it's like, wow, she really just wants to milk whatever's left of his career to, mm. for whatever her own agenda is. Yeah. That's, that's, time for, time for a divorce, man.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, yeah, I, I, I that, scene, that scene's absurd in, in just so many ways. And yeah, you're right. He, She does start hitting him. And it's like, really? This this is... It's, okay. it, like, I, I, I... Okay. I mean, you know, I, okay. I mean, I guess most sports movies have the supportive girlfriend and stuff like that. So maybe you want to go the other direction with it. it. It just doesn't really... It, it doesn't really work for this film. I mean, it it kind of does because there is a certain... It it feels like there is a certain cynicism to this film about sports and the people involved with sports to a certain degree, but that's it's only to a certain degree. I mean, once you have... Once you get to know Jamie Foxx's character, once you get to know Pacino's character, and even Lawrence T- Taylor's character... I mean, yeah. Taylor is really good in this movie, and oh, he's he's great. And and the scene where Modine gives him his diagnosis, it's just it's as well acted as anything in this movie.
1: Yeah, because when he says when the, uh, when Al Pacino says, you know, you'll have to sign a waiver, he knew he knew exactly like you know, and there was just a, like when Lawrence Taylor just like exhales and tears start coming out of his eyes, starts welling up. Yeah, like just you know, just you know, he's like. Just show me where to sign.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: you, you get that feeling like he's been in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, like, cause you know, he's not a professional actor, you know, he had the no. water boy under his credits before this one, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's was only, just, he he's only one of the greatest football players who ever lived.
1: Yeah. He's and, fan, he's he's fantastic. And he doesn't get as much credit as he used to.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, and, and I mean, not to get it on football professional football but i mean that that could be part of because i i think he had off the field issues that were part of it but yeah i mean as as a player he's he is absolutely beyond reproach i mean he, he is one of the greats um yeah, did,
1: did he ever get a ring i know he was yeah, yeah he, was, he was yeah he
0: was he was part of at least the 86 giants Super he was Bowl also Ron. part of the
1: giants giants that beat uh the bills on their
0: yeah i thought yeah for, i or, think or, so too because yeah. i don't remember when he were I don't remember when he retired, but yeah, he was, yeah. He I was, think it was like
1: 95 or 96. Yeah. so Maybe even 94 in that I mean, area, mid nineties.
0: So yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's yeah. He's one of the all time greats. Um, but yeah, he, he is really good in that. And I, it's, it's great. To, like, I forgot how many people were in this. It's like, I forgot Matthew Modine was in it. I forgot Aaron oh, Eckert was in it. And yeah, Aaron Eckert
1: was one that, 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 that blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, holy
0: crap? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the,
1: it's the guy from Thank You For Not Smoking.
0: Yeah. I mean, there <laughs> he was. At, at the time, he wasn't as well known. Right. Um, but yeah, John C. McGinley's in it.
1: I was waiting to talk about him. Yeah. I want to talk about him boy is he one of my favorite uh characters in this
0: movie uh-huh
1: he represents fans yeah and fans not only do journalists but fans themselves he will talk crap about the coach the players and all but as soon as like they're in the same room with them he's kissing their ass like yep. that whole jamie fox interview where he's all like uh, he's like, hey, pound it, give me some love, and you know all that. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm cool, I'm cool, and he's like, yeah, you are cool. And <laughs> it, he's all, he couldn't be, he's over the moon, happy about being in the same room as Willie Beeman. But meanwhile, he'll, he, when he's not in the same room, he's like, he's, he's just constantly typing at his computer and and, and trash about the team and how awful they are and what's yeah. going on, what's bad, what can you fix it? And that's us as Americans. And I think the comedian Jim Jeffries said it best: is like. In America, we love to talk about our sports. We talk about it all week long, and then we get we talk about it until the pre-show starts, and yeah. that's when on TV when they start talking about the about the football. Then the football happens. Then at halftime, we talk about the football that just happened, and then the second half happens. And at the post-game show, we talk about the, the football that just happened just now. And then all week long, we talk about half the weeks on last week's game, and then half the week on the upcoming. Yeah, weeks game, and I'm guilty I'm guilty all day about about doing that with people
0: oh God so I just don't my. do it
1: most <laughs> oh God but yes. yeah it's, it's his John John C McGinley is like to me he' was, he's was just this perfect ball of sports journalist and fan all in one because we'll talk garbage we'll talk trash mm-hmm. but but uh, but if when it comes to it they do well we're, we're, we're praising them they, they couldn't have done any better it's great choices. And even at the end, when when uh, Al Pacino uh, leaves Miami for uh, the new Albuquerque expansion yeah. team, uh, he's he, he's like he's right, man. I'm gonna miss him. You know that, <laughs> that crap.
0: Yeah, it's,
1: it's like yeah, it's just like fans. Like when McCarthy last year left Green Bay, I was like, man, I'm gonna miss him. But it's time for him to go. Yeah. You know, I get it, but I'm gonna miss him.
0: Oh God, I mean, you you and you enough. know me. I mean, you you could. I I I have so many takes on Hugh Jackson's time in Cleveland. Like it, it's it's such a yeah, it's it's such a roller coaster. Like oh, I I'm so excited we got him. I'm so excited we got him. Oh, I'm so glad he's finally gone. But I mean that one's a right. little bit more understandable because our our records seem to be considerably worse than we ever expected it would be but right. at the at the same time it's like no you're you're absolutely right i mean i see it you know it's during games you see it on social media it's during games like i'm i'm on twitter constantly on sundays and during games and you see it like it's it's you know and it's every
1: the only time i participate vocally is when the game's over right or if it's a bears packers game yeah, if it's the Bears and Packers, I have I I have like two Packer fans on my friends list, and about a hundred Bears fans. So, <laughs> and I grew up in Bear Country. Yeah, <laughs> I grew up in Bear Country, and and I chose the the wrong team, as they as they say. And I say, hey, uh, I don't have to look back to 1985 to celebrate a victory mm-hmm. of a Super Bowl. But um, yeah, it's just John C. is just so good as that character that mm-hmm. that he encompasses. It's it's well written because it you know it it, it is it sees everything to do with people who don't play the game and are in the business, but they have livelihoods you know at stake yeah. you know to them themselves you know and it's amazing that he ha- you know sports journalists they get to earn a living talking about what they love and and I, I think that's great and and. And I was I was a big fan of John Cena McGinley in this movie. Yeah, I, I more so now, more so now I think because I've, I've experienced social media for the last ten years, maybe mm-hmm. almost fifteen years, and it makes more sense to me now than it ever did me back in two thousand. Oh, I first yeah. Saw this movie. Oh yeah. Because it was just newspapers back then for me when I was looking up sports mm-hmm. scores. I go to the newspaper.
0: Yeah. Way back when, when I was old, <laughs> when I was young. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, it's like we're we're so much even even if you know you're you you can be with social media now and in the internet you can be so much more tuned into local you know the local beat coverage of a team even if you're not in that area, and right. I mean that that's a big so yeah I mean you get that larger perspective of. You know what it's like and it's like you can you can see that dynamic between like beat report because he's essentially a beat reporter you know he, he yeah absolutely but, you know yeah he nowadays he'd probably be cast as more of a colin coward type person or stephen a smith but at the same time right. you can you get the idea that he's sort of a local he's a local beat reporter because then it wouldn't if he were national it wouldn't matter if you know, Pacino's character left Miami for Albuquerque. He's he'd just he'd still be covering him, just not in just in one a different location. So, right. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you 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 do see it on social media, and it's like so much more prevalent now. Yeah there there are a lot of things there are a lot of things that Oliver Stone does well. As far as this, it just overall, I don't necessarily think I I don't necessarily think this is a particularly good example of a genre. Mm -hmm. And it comes out, it honestly comes down to the 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 actual games, like the games don't really have like the the last game in this movie, uh, the ending of the last game in this movie is just bizarre. Like grand, I mean, yeah. you know, we've seen ends of games that are, you know, kind of nuts, but at the same time, this this one kind of just borders on the surreal. Yeah, it's
1: um. By the way, I really like the Aztecs. It was A- no, it. No, it's not the Aztecs. Who did they play in that fun game? Do you remember?
0: I thought it was Dallas. It, I,
1: Dallas, it was the Dallas Knights. I think it was.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it, I I really like how they're the middle of the field, that whole like 10 yard zone yeah. was painted their logo. I really like that. Yeah. A, t- a team in the NFL should do that. <laughs> but yeah, it was it's kind of it was like they were ignoring football rules and regulations and how it actually would play out. Yeah. For the sake of trying to express the drama of the of the moment. Mm-hmm. That's that's that was my feelings, my takeaway from it was they're like this wouldn't really actually happen in a game. Maybe it would, but we're gonna take a <laughs> chance. But, that you'll be all like, you know, biting your nails and edge of your seat, like, oh, will they do it? Will they do it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it just again, it's like I I almost can't help but think of like, what? Why did Oliver Stone, like it? It is kind, you know. I feel like Oliver Stone thinks he's saying something important about football. And there are times where something comes across that is meaningful, but I I don't think his, I don't, I don't think his brand of filmmaking and his brand of storytelling necessarily translate.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like this, is, this whole movie is like a two and a half hour, you know, with the director's cut, I think it was like, was it like two hours and 48 minutes?
0: Yeah, something I like that.
1: I can't remember what it was. I watched the director's cut this morning. But it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle, like a hundred-piece jigsaw puzzle, and about 15 pieces have vibrant colors on them. Yeah. The rest is just, it kind of just, it's there. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the teams for a minute? Yeah. How cheeseball are these team names? <laughs> How bad is the? How bad are the names? Well, the Albuquerque Aztecs <laughs> and the Dallas Knights, and the Miami Sharks.
0: So I, Just, I, I think part of it boils down to the fact that when you don't have the NFL participating in the movie, right? I I think that's you you kind of have to, you, you basically have to make up shit, and it's like it basically You're going Madden.
1: You go on the you go on the Madden, go to create a team, yeah. and hit random, hit oh, yeah. random, and be like, "Oh, Dallas Knights! Here we go." Mm-hmm. Random, Miami Sharks. Ooh, that'd be the good for for the lead. Here we go.
0: <laughs> well, and Just, supposedly this was sort of you know this this was to a certain extent this was kind of inspired by the old USFL, uh, which right. was in existence in the eighties briefly. And yeah. I mean, it's, it, it just boils down to, but yeah, you're right. The, the team names and stuff are completely cheese ball. Cause but, yeah, and,
1: they do mention, they do mention the NFL in, yeah. you know, cause they, uh, the mayor, I believe says to her when they were having their, uh, Cameron Diaz's character that, um, your team isn't, isn't doing as well as, as our NFL team. Yeah. Like talking about Miami itself. Yeah. By the, by the way, these names are cheesy and awful. But they're still better than the new XFL team names.
0: This is true. What the
1: hell is the St. Louis Battlehawk? <laughs> why don't why, why don't why not call it the, the, the Thundercats?
0: I, or, I, or, or the I robots. I, I don't know.
1: I hate Vince McMahon.
0: Yeah. I hate him. I love him
1: so much for wrestling, but I hate him for everything else he, he does creatively. <laughs> you know why the you know why the XFL is back? Apparently, Vince McMahon, someone approached him to buy the XFL name because they wanted the the rights to it for some reason. I can't remember what it was, but it had nothing to do with starting the league up again. Well, Vince <laughs> took that as like, "Oh, there's a vested interest in the XFL now." Yeah, you know, so I'm going to get it up and running again because he's an old senile bastard. Yeah. So that's that's why we have the XFL coming again is because mm-hmm. somebody offered or asked to buy it. And he's like,
0: oh, oh there's and, interest. well, and the thing is, it's like they well, you also had the AAFL that was in place earlier this year and played one season before it folded for a variety of financial reasons. But what? I that I think that was part of it.
1: The, there was the actual AFL.
0: Yeah, it was it was AFFL or AAFL or something like that. I don't remember. It it They started right after the Super Bowl this year. Went for like 10 weeks or something like that.
1: Oh, I um, think I missed it entirely. I and did. I think
0: that might be why McMahon... That might have been why the XFL was back. Because the people who were trying to get that league up on the ground thought, oh, well, maybe we can do the XFL again and i think that's what happened
1: the um oh maybe they wanted the the XFL name
0: i think that's probably what it was
1: okay uh cuz i remember reading reading cuz i'm a i'm a nut for wrestling news and rumors yeah and and there was an article based around someone asked vince to buy the property and they they weren't sure why back in like 2015 yeah and, and uh and that's why he spent the last four years getting it up off the ground again. Yeah, it's gonna feel it's gonna feel miserably. Oh yeah, yeah. just like um, World League. Remember the World League football in the nineties?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've I've got practically the entire set of football cards for that. That's awesome. From the the inaugural year. Yeah,
1: that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I have the XFL football that you, that was in stores when the original XFL was. Wasn't even uh, the first game wasn't even played yet.
0: Oh wow, nice.
1: Yeah. We're straying from this. this we this
0: we are, movie. but I mean, honestly, there's there's honestly not a whole hell of a lot that I want. I, I have more to say that, about this movie.
1: <laughs> I feel like some some of some of the actors, the actors and actresses were kind of wasted. I feel Anne Margaret was yeah. There. Just for her, for the sake of Van Margaret to be in Oliver Stone's movie. Right. He probably had a crush on her growing up,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: watching her dance at Viva Las Vegas and all that business. And, uh, you know, or maybe they're friends in life. Who knows? But she was in it just for the sake of being in it. Yeah. Her role was basically to play a nonstop inebriated you know drunk
0: <laughs> yeah. who's
1: she's coasting through life on her husband's fortunes.
0: hmm well, and it's funny, it's like her, her her character in the movie rem- remind me of Margaret Witten's character from Major League. Oh, man. And uh, and which is another movie that this movie kind of has some similarities to because the, the whole point in Major League is, you know, the team has to do well enough or else the owner, played by Margaret Witten after her husband died, uh, is going to move the team to actually? I think it's Miami.
1: It is Miami. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah, maybe but, that's a
1: triple feature with baseball in uh, any given Sunday. Oh yep. yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> Charlton Heston is the commissioner of the league in this this movie. Um,
1: yeah, he, I felt he was there for really no reason. Other oh yeah, than we got Charlton Heston.
0: Yep, basically. Uh,
1: um, I liked LL Cool J. His character was pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. you get it. He's he's not rushing up the middle anymore. He's not taking chances. Mm-hmm. He wants his yards, and I think it's a lot to do. He knows his his time is limited, and he wants to get as much money as he possibly can.
0: Right. You
1: know he's gonna play the game until he's done. But he, he's trying to he's trying to get as much money as he can. And being that they, this was 1999, and they were the Miami Sharks, why wasn't there a quick? deepest bluest my hat is like a shark's fin
0: moment that probably because they were in production the same time and <laughs> uh they they wouldn't have oliver stone doesn't necessarily stoop to that even though he probably should that
1: would have been amazing that would have been hilarious a quick, a quick uh deepest bluest <laughs> and just like left it at that
0: yeah that would have been hilarious <laughs> um it it's it's kind of funny we we've been talking we've been kind of bagging on this cinematography during the uh Games, it's funny, the the same director of photography later shot the Will Smith drama concussion. Oh. Fascinating. Which which is a terrific movie. Right. Um <laughs> but And I do like
1: I do like they did did address the concussion issue with football players before it was a major yeah. True major issue. Oh yeah. I'm sure that people were aware of it, but they didn't really know what was going on until about mm-hmm what, 2009, 2010, they started making yeah, regulations? Yeah, it was somewhere
0: like that. Yeah. Maybe
1: a little bit sooner.
0: Yeah, it was It was someplace like, sometime like that. Uh, but no, I mean, I, and like I said, visually like, what, especially when it comes to Taylor's character, like you, the, the visual language for like his dizziness and stuff like that is his, you know, his how, how his uh vision seems to get blurry and stuff like that when it comes to concussions. I mean, I really like that aspect of this movie um, and the way that they present it. Uh, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, um, eh, overall the cinematography of this movie is just, especially when it comes to the on-field, is just, is not good. It's, no. it's It doesn't have any... Uh, focus. It doesn't have any perspective or anything like that, and that's it's,
1: it. Feels it feels like there was about six or seven different filmmakers, each with their own little assignment. Yeah, and they had to film each segment, and they then they edited them all together.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so you mentioned that it, before you rewatched this, you have had this as number one of as as your sports movies. What are some of your other favorite sports movies? Um. Or Rocky. what are some of your favorite sports movies now, I guess I should say, since we've kind of established that Any Given Sunday may not necessarily be on that list.
1: Yeah, it anyway. may have, it, just like Jamie Foxx's, uh, Willie Beeman's character, it may have dropped uh, six places on the draft here. Yeah. Um, Rocky, man. Yeah. I, I still absolutely love Rocky. I watch it like every every of year now, mm-hmm. and I, I, can't, I can't get enough of it. Um I hate to say it because it's rather boring, but when I'm done with it, I love it. Uh, Hoosiers, I like Hoosier. Yeah. Um, remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. As far as football goes, um, Varsity Blues. I'm, I'm a big fan of Varsity Blues. Okay. I get mocked for that one sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, baseball movies. I did like. I did like Moneyball a lot. Major League, of course, but my all-time favorite baseball movie is The Sandlot.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Like you know, boxing. Um, you can't beat Rocky for no. boxing. For, for for football, it's. I man, I'm lost now. The replacements is good. I didn't realize how how much better the replacements is it was. Yeah. Than, any given Sunday until today. yeah. I'm going through, I'm going through some stuff here, man. <laughs>
0: honest. The, the replacement has always been a favor of mine, as far, especially as far as football movies, but just in general, I've always really liked it. Um, it's, it's a fun ride. It's, well, a, it's a good Especially because of the fact that it deals with something. I, I like. I remember that strike year of 1987 where Scabs played very... Very, very vividly, because that was like when I was really starting to pay attention to football. Right. So the fact that they, you know, comedically retold that was pretty entertaining. Um, Yeah. yeah, Remember the Titans is another one that I absolutely love. Um, Yeah. Rocky, you can't really go wrong with Rocky. I mean, Raging Bull is a fantastic movie, but it's not as much, it, it doesn't have the sports cliches that Rocky does. Hey, confession time.
1: I've yeah. never seen raging. I've never seen raging bull.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Um, yeah. It's and you know what? I mean, it's 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 not the easiest sit to sit through, but it's still a fantastic movie. Awesome. Um,
1: it's one that I I am not protesting it or anything. It's just oh no, I yeah. It's I, I've watched a few minutes of it. I've seen scenes, but it's usually because back when the, back in the day when. We Showtime wasn't on demand or any your cable wasn't on demand. Like I'd switch it over to HBO Showtime, Raging Bull would be on, but it'd be in the middle of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh basketball legit basketball is a part of one of my I, favorite sports. I do sports love basketball.
0: <laughs> I I do love <laughs> basketball. That's all, is such a fun movie. And it's it's because of the fact that like their their sensibilities, like all of the sensibilities at work there, uh Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, Zucker just fits so well with that subject matter and just the absurdity of that entire yes. thing is just absolutely wonderful that,
1: that's the perfect word for it is uh, absurdity
0: yeah uh, I, I love the cry kid I mean it's, oh. it's you know it's yeah. basically sort of Rocky Jr. to a certain extent but it's it like it's always been a favor of mine
1: Yeah. The Karate Kid is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Ready to Rumble. That's, that is uh, a movie I enjoy. It's a professional wrestling movie from 2000. Yeah. It's, I guess it would be called one of those guilty pleasures. I, I, you know me, I don't think if I like a movie, I like a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not guilty. I don't feel guilty about it, but people Mm -hmm. would call it a guilty pleasure because it's, it's garbage. (laughs) <laughs> from every, almost every aspect of the, from the filmmaking to, to the writing, it's, it's all garbage, but, uh, but I still like love watching it. Right. I absolutely... oh, the natural, it just popped in my head with, uh, Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. That, that is a fantastic sports film.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen Bull Durham in a while. Yeah. Me either. Yeah.
1: Or, uh, what's the one with all the ladies?
0: Uh, Oh, League of Their Own.
1: Yes. That Which is really good. Is too. Really
0: wonderful as well.
1: There's, there's nothing sadder than that. Those moments when they're bringing in the telegram in the locker room in in that movie. Yeah. Oh, and all the women are like, "Who's gonna get it?"
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because it's never good news. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This man,
0: sports. (laughs) I
1: feel like I'm kind of. Is there any been in the last ten years? Has there been a really good sports film that's that would be in the like top ten? Well, besides Real Steel, of course. I mean,
0: (laughs) hey, I look. I I actually did not I actually liked real steel when I I, I saw it.
1: I it was it just was with me. Yeah. I didn't love it, I didn't hate it, it just yeah. was. <laughs>
0: um I I mean other than Moneyball, I mean there really isn't anything else. I mean Moneyball mm-hmm. is a different one because that's on the that that's on the you know that mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. About the executives, but at the same time it still has that it's the baseball still has that Underdog feel.
1: Hey, here's a quick question. Uh, a little thing for you. What are some sports films that you hate? Or, or not necessarily full on hate, but like did not appreciate, did not like. When it would never revisit it.
0: Oh, wow. I'm trying to think of what.
1: Is that a whole nother podcast in itself?
0: I I need to think about it because it's like i'm trying to think if there are any they genuinely actively dislike
1: there's there's one for me that i cannot stand okay and it's it's a big one that people love and i when i usually say that i I don't like it and i can't stand it i usually get a room full of people like throwing throwing (laughs) things at me it's it's field of dreams
0: oh wow i cannot
1: stand that movie I cannot I can't take it. I don't think what's the, ever, what's the,
0: I, so. I don't think I've ever seen Field of Dreams in its entirety. Um, okay. I so I need to give it I need to give it a watch. Um yeah, that's a big my movie. stepfather
1: loved that I, I hated it from the start. I could not stand that movie. I did not want to watch it when we rented it. And yeah. my stepfather loved it and he wound up buying it and I, I saw it probably six or seven times throughout my childhood. Because okay. it was we had one TV, okay. we had one TV, and you know, like TV was my my go to for entertainment, and we, he had control of the the uh, what we watched. Yeah, when he was uh, when he was awake, you know. So yeah, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I still, I I tried watching it like twelve years ago. I still can't take it.
0: <laughs> let's see. Okay, let's see why. Can...
1: But I did like Bull Durham. Which is another Costner baseball movie.
0: Yeah. And
1: the Sam Raimi the Sam Raimi one he did with Costner when For Love of uh, the Perfect game. game? Oh, for Love of the Game. That's what that's For one Love
0: of the Game. Yeah. That one was
1: Yeah, I randomly saw that in theaters.
0: Okay. It was just
1: a, a spur of the okay. moment. Hey, you want to see a movie? Sure. Why not this one? Okay, let's go. Uh, that was like really good. I thought mm-hmm. it was well done.
0: Seabiscuit is a really good one.
1: I have not seen it.
0: Okay. Uh, Rocky Balboa is really good.
1: Yes, it um, was.
0: Creed is really good.
1: I haven't seen the Creed movies.
0: Yeah, Creed. The first one in particular is really good. Um, I I have some issues with the second one, but it's like overall, I thought was a good movie. Um, I just brought up on I just brought up sports dramas on uh, box office Mojo's. Um, I mean we're we're you know, uh, Miracle. About the nineteen eighty US hockey team. I really like Oh yeah. Um, what's the
1: Russell Crowe um Alaskan uh hockey oh Mystery
0: movie? Alaska
1: Yes that yeah. is a good one
0: that was an I like that, one. Yeah.
1: that was was it Russell Crowe?
0: Yeah yeah
1: yeah Slapshot you can't go you slap Slapshot Caddyshack the those <laughs> the Slapshot Caddyshack yeah. uh you can't you can't go wrong with those and I even like Caddyshack too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would pick Caddyshack 2 to watch over Field of Dreams. Oh, Eat wow. it, audience of Sonic Cinema. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs>
0: Fight me. I, I I do like the Kenny Loggins song from Caddyshack 2. I, I, I do like oh. that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're
1: we're totally straying from Oh yeah, we're we're
0: completely is, we're, I, yeah, I mean we're we're basically we're done. Gone. But the thing is it's like we're we're talking about, you know, it, we're we're basically putting what we're also do what we're doing with this and part of the reason I asked you is because we're putting we're putting Any given Sunday within the context of this particular genre which ultimately yeah. it does fit in it's just you know, Oliver Stone is not necessarily somebody who belongs in that genre, and I think he took it way too. I think to a certain extent, he takes it way too seriously. Right. And I mean, even even you know, you one and I'm looking at it on here and one one that I really enjoy is Blue Chips, with Nick Nolte. Is that the
1: Shack or the the? Yeah, shack that's movement? the one with
0: Shack. That's about. Uh, where he he basically is a losing coach, and he he essentially goes to buying, essentially buying blue chip players to try to do you get well. What you're but yeah, I mean, I that one, you know, that one's directed by William Freakin who did the fucking Exorcist and The French Connection, and it's like even that one is more entertaining. You know, that one's more entertaining than what we get here, right? And that is. As much to say, if not more so, but um, yeah. So I mean, we we could go on. Like there, there's like it's such a sports movies and sports dramas in particular, are just such a big. It's such a big genre, and uh, I mean, we could definitely go on about it. But yeah, I mean, we're I I don't really have anything more substantial to talk about as far as any given Sunday, um. I don't know if you do. I mean, I basically kind of said everything that I want to say on the movie.
1: Yeah, there's a couple things that that we've kind of skipped over that I had on my my notes, but it's it's little things like uh, just like the character arc of Willie Beeman, But uh, I liked his more than I like Cameron Diaz, even though they're kind of along the same lines. He started out a nervous nobody who's getting a chance in NFL like or professional, not NFL, but a professional sports game, and you know he throws up and. And he becomes, he, he finds out his talents are a lot better than he, he even imagined. Yeah, and and then he uh, he gets this huge ego. He breaks up with his girlfriend because you know all that all that crap. Yeah, and then then he gets humbled by the end again. Mm-hmm. Well, get another one, humbling.
0: I I will say one of the things that I didn't touch on, it, but I wrote down in my notes, is that I I do like that one of the the things, one of the important ideas in this movie is basically. The idea of what it means to become a leader of men in sports, right. and I and you know you talking about willie Willie Beeman's arc it's like that's essentially what his arc is, like how is he how is he able to become a leader to where he can lead these players to success and right. that's and that is one of the best things is one of the important arcs of this movie is whether he can do that or not.
1: Yeah. And the last thing I have to say before I watched this film this morning, when I put the disc in, it was my number one favorite sports film of all time. And now it's behind the water boy for best football movie. (laughs)
0: Watched the water boy i I, <laughs> didn't, I never disliked it but i just didn't love it well i have issues with adam sandler in general i've never been as big a big I, adam sandler fan but... i was
1: until about 2004 2005
0: okay um but yeah his first
1: 10 years of his first 10 years of movies i was i was all about back in man but it, it slowly trickled away
0: okay well, oh, maybe we can have that discussion at some point because that that no, let's let's
1: Let's make this a 3-hour let's make this a 3-hour I I
0: we we can, you know, I mean with a random 1-hour in there with Adam Sandler <laughs> discussion. We 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 don't have to do that just now. We can do that later. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> or we can have time to prep. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, Marv, thank you very much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. I always always love talking movies with you. I got to sometime. I got to find my way down to down to your neck of the woods so we can um, actually watch something together.
0: Yeah, but yeah, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. I'd like to thank Marv for joining me today to discuss Oliver Stone's movie. It's it's a movie that, I, as I mentioned on the podcast, I swear I saw at one point, but I'm not sure they actually did. Um... It's, it's, it's a tough movie as, as a football fan to watch. Um, it's definitely an interesting film in the career of Oliver Stone, but I, I don't think it was overly a successful one. We've got a lot coming up on the class of 1999. This is going to be a wild finish to the year. Uh, we have Michael Mann, Paul Thomas Anderson, David Lynch, Anthony Mangella, Doug Lyman, Harold Ramis, Chris Smith, Chris Columbus, um, and a bunch of other ones. And I hope you join me in this wild uh, last couple months of the year. And 2020 is going to be a break. Uh are still going to be – I'm still going to shoot for one episode a uh, – a month, at least, but it's definitely not going to be working at the breakneck pace that we uh, have had this year, and certainly the past couple months. I need a break, and uh, that's that's going to be fine. But join me on patreon.com backslash Sonic for more, as well as some early access reviews, as well as original uh, content and blogs. And also, join me, thank you for joining me at wwwsonic All these years, we're into our 15th year, and it's as rewarding as it's ever been. And I'm really looking forward to growing this, continuing to grow this website. And it's always an ever-going process. This is Brian Scuttle for Sonic Cinema. Thank you very much. <laughs>